Hi, everyone. Welcome to Just To Be Fair, the podcast where neurodivergence is discussed freely, openly, and respectfully. Today's guest is Anya Kaufman. She is a British-American 27-year-old cis woman living in Glasgow, Scotland. She's currently investigating the ways in which young people gain and develop transferable skills as part of her PhD at the University of Strathclyde. Anya began to explore her neurodivergence in 2020 and received an ADHD diagnosis in the summer of 2022. Let me ask you, what is it like to be a neurodivergent student? Um, I think that well, being a neurodivergent student, it, it for me, it changes from day to day, to be honest. It's um, something that I've always struggled with. And uh, some days are better than other days. And I like to say it's gone easier throughout my life. And I think it probably has because I've developed different sorts of coping mechanisms um, and just working out sort of like what's the best method for me when approaching, you know, tasks or, you know, trying to learn a new thing um, in the more structured setting of school. Yeah, so I, I think I've needed different strategies for that. Um, but when it comes to sort of like learning about something that I'm interested in, um, that's always been reasonably easy, but usually in quite short bursts, you know, like so maybe it could be for a couple of hours that I'm interested in learning in something. It could be a couple of days, could be a little bit longer than that. But uh, usually there's in like different troughs and peaks uh, for when I'm interested in something. Could you share the highlights of your journey from the moment you thought that you might be neurodivergent to actually receiving the diagnosis? Yeah, so um, I first thought that I had ADHD in the early parts of 2020. I'm not sure if it was um, pre-pandemic or, you know, just at the beginning of it, but it was, it was sort of around that time. Uh, and I saw a video on Twitter, and I think I think it was a TikTok video, but it was on Twitter. Um, and it was someone describing like different symptoms of ADHD, and I thought, hey, that that really represents me. Like I I feel really reflected in that you know list of symptoms. Um, and I I think I started researching a little bit about it, and I almost immediately called my parents to. Um, you know, ask them about it because I knew I'd had testing done when I was a child at school um, because I'd been struggling in school. Um, and when I called them, they're like, no, no, the testing just said that, you know, you were fine. You were just, you know, like bored in school and you just didn't apply yourself well enough, essentially, uh, which is kind of funny because that's sort of, you know, one of the classic things that you hear as a kid with ADHD is, you know, like, oh, they're smart, but they need to apply themselves more. Um, and for some reason back in, you know, 2005, uh, they just didn't see that, uh, which is really funny. I think if I had been, you know, a young person today, they, they would have caught it, but they didn't at the time. Uh, so going back to the comment of like, you know, what, where did I go from, you know, there being... 24 years old thinking oh I've got ADHD you know it was it was pandemic-y time so um I sort of like dropped it for a while because I was focusing on other things I was doing my master's at the time um and it was only sort of as I uh finished my master's and I got onto TikTok that I started being drawn back to more content about ADHD 
um, which is really when I started doing a lot more self-reflection. I actually managed to get a hold of all my um, school records um, from my elementary school, as well as finding different like records from high school at my parents' house, and actually a copy of that evaluation that was done on me. Um, and I did some, a bit of analysis on that. And, you know, I, I actually I have this whole list of um, different reasons and, and ways that, you know, my ADHD showed up in my childhood uh, that I, I used to show to um, the various people who are assessing me for ADHD. Um, and, I, and it was really a long process of going from, uh, you know, sort of like self-diagnosis to receiving an actual diagnosis um, I think the process of, I think it was almost like, it was like 18 months difference between the two. Um, and I was only recently able to start getting treatment at the beginning of this year. So it took took um, almost three years to start receiving treatment for my ADHD, which is kind of crazy when you think about it, but it's, it's faster than how some people are getting it these days. So um, I do feel quite lucky, but it's, it's also really frustrating because they, they probably could have caught it when I was a kid. Um, but you know, I'm here now and I'm trying to make the best of it. Okay, so you just talked about TikTok. In which way did that help you? What is it about TikTok that helps you more than any other platform, let's say? Um, I think that TikTok is very useful because I, I think that the way that it's designed you know, in just like the algorithm and sort of like the, the speed of it, it really works for me because it's, um, you know, very quick. I can, you know, swipe up and be given content that's similar to what I just watched, but also I could be given different content that I'm also interested in that's like slightly different or, you know, so it's, I think the variation, that's what I'm trying to say. I think the variation is really helpful. And the length of those clips, I guess. Yeah, yeah, the fact that it's short length, that's really useful. Um, but, it, like, obviously there's, like, a bit of misinformation on TikTok about ADHD, but I feel like I know enough now that um, it's, I can I can tell the difference between what's, you know, like, real and what's false. But I think also it's interesting because it, it, it also reflects the way that the general public is thinking about ADHD because I think there's a real disconnect between the academic research that's being conducted on ADHD and sort of the, the cultural research almost, you know, like the citizen science about it and people, you know, realizing like, oh, hey, there's all these patterns between us, um, you know, all these different people with ADHD and like, this is what's been helping me, maybe it'll help you. So I, I think it's really nice to have this community um, and be given all these different tools to use to you know try and overcome some of the challenges because um, to be honest you, you can't just use one tool you need to you need to have a full toolbox because one day is not the same as the other and you you might need more tools on one day and less on the other yeah I totally agree with you and you can also borrow them I mean you know a strategy may not be the perfect fit for you at first glance but if you modify it it becomes you know the very thing that you need Yes, I think so, too, you know, um, and also to see how other people have modified tools. You know, it's it's a really um, iterative process of learning how to get around in the world. Absolutely. So you received your diagnosis recently, right? And what has changed since you got it? Um, 
I think what's probably changed the most is how I view myself um, and the way that I'm living. And it allows me to be sort of kinder to myself um, because I understand why I'm struggling with certain things. And that doesn't necessarily make this, the struggling easier. You know, it's still very annoying um, and it's, it's frustrating, but... It uh, allows me to see that it's not, you know, like a personal flaw. You know, this is just something I'm not naturally very good at. And I do need to use these tools and different accommodations to deal with because it's just the way that I'm, you know, um, programmed, really. I saw a really great uh, tweet the other day that was talking about how it being something like ADHD is, you know, like trying to run uh, Windows programs on a Mac. You know, you just... You need to change things so it runs on the operating system okay um so it's it's really helpful from that sense um the diagnosis just to allow me to think about things differently and get the help that i need yeah so did you make any changes to your life since you got the diagnosis i've made some changes i mean i've, I've started taking medication and that's been helpful Um, That's only been very recent, you know, I've um, taken to like following advice about, um, you know, like how to best like lay out things in my flat. So um, I had to buy some furniture, you know, about a year ago, and I decided to buy furniture that would allow me to see everything at once, you know, so so nothing with like a a closed door or anything like that, because then if, if something's, if I can't see something, it doesn't exist, right? So um, being able to see stuff is really helpful for knowing what I have and what I don't have. Um, And I mean, that's just like one example of a change that I've made. Um, But I think also just uh, being aware that I'm going to need different tools on different days and not expecting a singular approach to work for me or the same approach to work every day, I think has been really important for trying to figure out um, how I'm going to function from day to day. Do you use any colors? I'm asking because I color everything. You know, colors have a meaning to me. Um, sometimes. I don't know. I feel like I have at different points in my life. But that's the thing is that the tools are never consistent with me. Um, so occasionally things like color. I like, I like doing things in color and having different colors. But I think that's just because I like the variety more than each color signifying something um i i started using this um website called notion to try and help create databases um about you know my research but also just like about my life so i can just keep track of things better um but like it's just like funny like even before i got diagnosed i was using like the bullet journal method for trying to keep my life organized which i didn't realize until recently was designed by someone who has ADHD. So I was already trying to use ADHD coping methods before he was even diagnosed. Okay, so now you're doing your research, right? Your PhD. How do you link that? Or is there a link between these, what you're researching and neurodivergence? I think there probably is um, to some degree. I'm not you know, I'm, I'm not 100% sure what that's going to be yet, but I initially just looking at um, the responses I received from young people doing these interviews where I was asking them about their transferable skills, 
um, the ones who identified as neurodivergent, they, you know, maybe had a bit more, a few more qualms about um, some of these skills that weren't defined by me. They were defined by, um, you know, a national body here in Scotland. Um, but one of them was like, one of the skills is focusing. It's actually the first skill is focusing, um, which, uh, is obviously more difficult with someone who has ADHD. And when I first read that, I was like, oh, well, that makes me feel a bit rubbish because that's just something I'm not very good at and I'm inherently not good at. Um, and some of the other students, they did, you know, they, they were talking about how they're just really not good at focusing, um, even if they wanted to be, um, which I think raises an interesting question about these transferable skills in the sense that they are skills that actually require a lot of executive function. And if you don't have the same level of, of executive function as everyone else, it's going to make it far more difficult for you to acquire or use these skills. Um, and that's something that, you know, that I think that um, agencies who are responsible for skills development in Scotland uh, should be aware of because it is potentially discriminatory to uh, focus on, <laughs> to focus on focus. Um, yeah. But, you know, you have to, like, if you're going to try and encourage people to be able to use these skills, and um, Christine, we talked about this in the past about, you know, specifically the concept of focus. And like, we do actually, as people with ADHD, have the ability to focus. It's just very different to everyone else and maybe not as strong as everyone else. And, and that's fair, but I think the concept of focus, because it's so strongly associated with being productive and working and um, all the moral connotations that are connected to that within our society means that if you feel like you're not good at focusing, there's a lot of um, negative associations with that um, because it means you're not productive, which means that you're not really a worthy person in our society. And I'm not saying that's what it is. I'm just saying that's, that's one of the narratives that exists in our society. Um, and by having that being the, the first skill in this list of skills, there's the potential that you're going to, I mean, you're, you might alienate people who um, suffer from problems with executive dysfunction, um, but not just like from focus, but like trying to engage with improving their focus, but, you know, with just engaging with the concept of transferable skills in itself. Um, yeah. So that's, so your original question was looking at something to do with, um, how you know what I think about transferable skills and that's what I most think mostly think about transferable skills and neurodivergence is we have to be aware that some people are inherently not going to be as good at some of these skills and how do you make them not feel bad about that how do you account for that the fact that their disability is impacting their ability to engage with um, transferable skills so going back to you and your specific experience how do you learn best um do you have a typical way of processing information to be honest i'm still trying to figure it out um and it changes a lot from day to day so uh sometimes i like best through audio mediums um so i will have like papers and journals be read aloud read out loud to me you know just using like the computer um and I do that a lot so I can, you know, I can listen to the article, um, but I can also be doing something else. Like I could be coloring in um, or, you know, fidgeting something that helps me 
to, um, you know, just, just so I can like to focus better on the reading, I need to be doing something else at the same time. Um, but I can't be doing something that's too engaging or I'll, or get engaged in that thing instead. Does that involve your body when you say that you have um, to do something else um, to concentrate on something? Do you need to keep the body busy, like your hands or, you know, like because fidgeting is one thing that we usually reproach to um, kids who have ADHD. And actually, fidgeting toys are quite useful. I think I usually do. Yeah, yeah. So like I'll be twitching my foot or something like that, or, you know, like the leg twitches um, or, you know, like playing with a fidget toy or something like that. But it's also interesting because there are such like in our society, again, there's such connotations with fidgeting and how like, you know, you're not meant to fidget if you're paying attention, which is, you know, insane. So, yeah, it is often the body because if I, I do the mind, then I'll just get like sucked into something else. Yeah. Um, and um also, for the processing information best, I think actually doing, like, practical work is the way that I best process information. So, like, um, often the best way to get me to read something is to ask me to write an essay on it. <laughs> because, like, the act of writing the essay makes it easier to read. Um, because I, I, I sort of read and write at the same time, which means it can take longer for me to write essays because I have to go back and rewrite sections and things like that. But... Um, it does mean that I learn better that way. I guess we have the diagnostic process on one side and the experience on the other. We need to be more accepting as a society. Um, hopefully the younger generations, you know, they're learning more. Uh, they'll be better at it. <laughs> yes, it's very true. Thank you, Anya. Thanks for listening to Just To Be Fair. We hope Anya's experience has inspired you. Let me know if you'd like me to discuss any particular topics related to neurodivergence. That's all for this episode. Until next time. <laughs>